This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Joining us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works as a hospitalist with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Thanks for being here with us this morning and we're into our next season of Prairie Doc programming. Yes, I, I can't believe it. The summer went fast. Yes, yes. So here we go. And our topic this week is ALS. And it's a condition that became popular, uh, or maybe not popular, but more well known no. because of Lou Gehrig. Tell yes. us the story about that. Yeah, so it it's commonly called Lou Gehrig's disease because he was diagnosed with this. Uh, back in the I would say late 1920s. Um, so he was the first baseman for the Yankees and got this diagnosis actually at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, oh. which when I was researching, I was like, wow, he got his diagnosis like close to home here, kind of a little Midwest connection. Right. Um, so he was diagnosed with that and then talked about it with, um, you know, basically made it very public that this is why he was retiring and made that famous speech where he said he felt like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And how you can say that in, you know, the face of such a diagnosis, you know, it just speaks to his courage and integrity and his positive outlook on life. And he still is considered kind of that, you know, they have Lou Gehrig's days in Major League Baseball to raise money for research for ALS and uh, continuing his legacy mm -hmm. of you know fighting this disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about ALS before I read your essay. Yeah. I just, you know, I've heard of some people having it, but I, I didn't know a lot. But it really can be a rather de devastating diagnosis. It, it can be. And that's because it's usually by the time it's when it's diagnosed it usually is a pretty rapid progression lou gehrig lived less than two years after his diagnosis the average today is two to four years after diagnosis uh, that someone will pass away from it although there are outliers and stephen hawking lived over 50 years mm. with als so you know it just goes to show that there is it's a disease that will take its own path for each person, and you, it's really hard to predict. Are you going to be like Lou Gehrig, less than two years, or Stephen Hawkins, more than 50? Mm -hmm. And so what is ALS? So ALS is, it stands for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and it is a disease where the nerve cells uh, stop basically sending signals to the motor neurons, the muscles. So they basically can't tell them to contract so you lose muscle control so you'll have twitching you'll have um, muscle spasms and then you end up with weakness that will progress to paralysis hmm. okay and unfortunately that affects all muscles like the ones you need to breathe to swallow to talk mm -hmm. so it can be that's why Stephen Hawking was in the wheelchair and had the you know uh, computerized voice because he couldn't talk due to the ALS mm -hmm. affecting his vocal cord muscles. So what causes ALS? We don't know. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. Um, about 85 to 90% are unknown what the cause is. 
And the remaining ones we think have a genetic component or we can find a genetic component to it. But what causes that trigger to start in the first place? Mm -hmm. We don't know. Mm -hmm. um, it does seem to be a little bit more prominent in men than women. It tends to happen in your, uh, as you're older, uh, 55, you know, basically between yeah, 50 and 75 is most common to get diagnosed with it. So it generally happens in adults. can happen younger, but generally adults. Lou Gehrig was a little bit on the younger side. Yeah, was, I remember he was mid-30s or yeah, something like he, that. Yes, so, so he was younger than typical. Yeah, um, so possible to get it at a younger so age. So it's possible to get common. it at a younger age, generally older mm -hmm. um, when people get it, although my definition of older uh, changes as I get older, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, so how do you, how is it diagnosed? Um, how do you determine, yes, mm -hmm. this is what we're seeing here? So again, it's one of those where it's kind of a diagnosis of exclusion where you've done a lot of different tests. Um, there's not one specific test that will say ALS. So, you know, there will be muscle biopsies. There are EMGs, which is um, kind of nerve conduction tests and see how well the signal is traveling to the muscles if there's a response. Um, you know, we check various blood tests looking for inflammation, rule out a lot of other things, and then kind of look at what the symptoms are that we're seeing to see if that's um, <clears throat> in line with a diagnosis of ALS. Mm -hmm. Is it pretty rare have you seen it is. much of this dr I, cruz it is a fairly rare thankfully disease, thankfully yeah yep. i i can't say that i've treated you know more than a handful of, of patients in my 15 years okay so mm -hmm. it isn't something that you run into you know like breast cancer or where you know everyone knows someone mm -hmm. that has been affected by this mm -hmm. or colon cancer you know it's or high blood pressure or diabetes mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely right. much rarer than those um, but definitely life-altering and changing to those who are diagnosed with it. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like t pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these, these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We've been talking this morning about our Prairie Doc topic this week, which is 
ALS. We've learned that it uh, became more well-known due to Lou Gehrig having it at a young age, our Major League Baseball player, and how it um, continues to bring attention to it annually through the Major League Baseball program. Dr. Cruz, I wanted to follow up with a couple more questions about ALS. Mm-hmm. How is ALS treated? I understand, you know, once mm-hmm. you have it, I think your essay said you, you might there, just... There yeah. are some uh, medications. Uh, one of them I looked at uh, kind of slowed the progression by a couple of months. Okay. So it wasn't like a dramatic change. Um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, uh, a lot of people end up needing wheelchairs. Some will need ventilators if mm-hmm. they're unable to have their respiratory muscles function and breathe for them. So a lot of it is supportive care. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we'll have to talk to our uh, specialists to see if there's any new or later greater medications that have come out. Like I said, there are some, but not that um, reverse or cure it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Something that maybe does help. Um, mm-hmm. deal with it and help right. you find some ways. So uh, for the show tomorrow, you have two doctors mm-hmm. that we're expecting, Dr. Tyler Jaris with Palliative Medicine mm-hmm. from Sioux Falls, and then Dr. Namdi Uhaigu from Sanford Neurology Clinic. So what do we hope to learn from these experts tomorrow night, and what perspectives will they mm-hmm. bring? Yes, well, I definitely want to talk to them about, you know, well, one, educating what this condition is, since not that many people have a firsthand experience mm-hmm. or know someone who has had it. So basically raise awareness yeah, uh, for this and maybe educate people a little bit more on what this disease is, what to look for. And um, then if there's any new things on the horizon for treatment, for, um, you know, research, trying to find the cure or, or actually you know, understanding the cause for this. So... You know, basically, and then with um, his interest in palliative care, again, how do we treat patients? So palliative care is basically symptom controlling. Mm-hmm. So how do we keep people from suffering? Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like Stephen Hawkins, 50 years, you know, a lot of that living in a wheelchair with not able to talk with, you know, ventilator. Yeah, that's that's kind of a life-changing issue. So how do we help people deal with that? Because their mind is still fine. Mm-hmm. They're still themselves. Stephen Hawking was still brilliant in his wheelchair. So how do you deal with a mind trapped in a body that won't cooperate? So there's a lot of work that goes into dealing with that mentally and emotionally because that's a big loss of autonomy as the disease progresses. I always enjoy hearing about what medical devices, services, mm-hmm. procedures can be done to help someone, like you said, yeah. you know, someone who we know like Stephen Hawking, but uh, all these, yes. all the things that are available that these doctors can t- let us know about. And mm-hmm. the research that's happening is always exciting, too, yes. to see what might be done. What's so, on the horizon. And yeah, what they're hoping for. Yeah, what medications are available. Like I said, I wouldn't ever prescribe those medications. Someone being treated for ALS would definitely be seeing a neurologist and they would be the ones prescribing those medications. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I've ever right. had to you deal with. So along. my uh, knowledge base is rather limited. So I'm curious to see if they can expound on what I've learned. 
Yeah, well, we'll all look forward to learning more mm-hmm. on tomorrow night's television show at yes. 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public mm-hmm. Broadcasting, all about ALS. Yeah. Well, Dr. Cruz, we had a couple of different questions that have been coming okay. in. Thank you for those. I'll just throw out our phone number again is 605-692-1430, 605-692-1430, if you want to call in with your questions. Mm-hmm. All right, the first question, Dr. Cruz, is um, at the foot care clinic, it's not recommended to soak your feet anymore why did they change that that i don't exactly know i actually um have a text into my good friend dr nephi jones and because i know he works uh, closely with the foot clinic as one of our local podiatrists i hadn't heard that change in recommendations um i do know with feet we're always worried about especially with diabetic feet getting small cracks or tears so Mm -hmm. sometimes people can get a little too aggressive with scrubbing their feet or if they don't dry them you know it can dry out and crack and cause sores you know or if you get a little too aggressive with trimming toenails can uh, end up with other issues so um yeah i would say soaking would probably my educated best educated guess at this (laughs) point is they're trying to limit anything that would cause cracks or breaks in the skin and soaking can definitely soften that skin and perhaps Mm -hmm. make that easier but I would say um, you can ask them and they will have a much more eloquent and educated answer yeah that's my best guess is trying to prevent any breaks in the skin that would cause secondary cracks that could lead to infections right okay good Good response. Yeah, we're always learning and changing, aren't we? Are. we? Something we think we're doing that is good for us, and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing well, that. When I was in medical school, they told us half of what we learned would be out of date mm-hmm. by the time we graduated, and the trick was knowing which half. Ah, uh, yep. Good wisdom there. Mm-hmm. So. so medicine is always changing. We're always trying to learn more and do better when we learn more. But sometimes making those changes are hard because you get very set in your ways of what you do and what you felt works but when new evidence comes up you know you need to take that evidence and apply it right yep and all that good continuing education and figuring all that out (laughs) a doctor is never done learning ever we we do have to do and i don't know if the public realizes that once we get our diploma we still have to do continuing education every year Mm -hmm. to maintain our certification and our our board certification Uh, And in many states, to maintain your license, you have to continue to get education. So we'll go to conferences and seminars. Um, My favorite ones are from Mayo Clinic. They have the best uh, educational seminars. Mm -hmm. And I love going to them because I always come back with something new uh, that changes how I practice medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to have such a mm-hmm. great resource nearby. Yes. That's good. So I think we had um, podiatrists on a couple of weeks ago. So yes. always some good oh, foot you know what? And issues. <laughs> Ooh, are we getting a response? He said, <laughs> yes, he just texted me. He said, that's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot. Okay. <laughs> a lot that it depends. So um, it, it um, could be one individual if it's causing too much cracking or drying of the skin. They're higher risk for infection. Yeah, I know. I feel like I've been told, you know, you don't want to over Over shower or over bathe or even babies. Don't bathe them too often. It just kind of dries out their skin. Right. So maybe just want to avoid. So he said some people don't think that they help with much, so they don't recommend them for anyone. Uh, He said he's kind of uh, 
patient specific patient dependent on that advice so okay. there you go i would say so it depends talk, talk to your doctor and, and foot clinic about your unique situation because while we like to base evidence based on a large population yeah. each individual patient is an individual and needs to have care tailored to them Okay. Thank you, Dr. Nephi thank you, Jones, Dr. Jones, for that quick response. Yes. We appreciate you. All right. Let's go to our next break. And we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% from 1989 to 2016 among women? The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 1430. Okay, Dr. Cruz, we had a question come in about shots and vaccines. The question says for older adults that need the RSV, flu, and COVID booster shots, when would you recommend getting them? Can they be combined and is there a schedule? All right, let's break that down. Those are good questions. I know there's been a lot in the news lately and exciting to hear that we have some new boosters um, on their way. Yes. So if we, so there are kind of these three shots that some Correct. people are looking at getting RSV, mm-hmm. flu, flu, and, and that COVID, COVID booster. booster. Right. What's your recommendation, Dr. Cruz? So I would say um, I would get them at different times. That way, if you have a reaction, you know which one it was. Because I would hate for you to say, oh my gosh, I had a bad reaction and now I'm afraid to take all three sure. <laughs> ever again. Sure. So if you take them one at a time, then you're going to know if you have a reaction, which one caused the issues, especially since the RSV is a newer one and the COVID is a um, kind of a tweak to the, mm-hmm. the formula um, that would know. I mean, and the flu shot's a different formula every year mm-hmm. based on you know, what we think the uh, prevailing strain of the year is going to be. So flu is available now. So okay. they could get that now. Mm-hmm. The COVID, the older bivalent one, they are no longer giving at the Avera Clinic. They're waiting for this new one to come out. And that should be hopefully the end of September. So I would say, you know, you can get your flu anytime now. Mm-hmm. And then when the the COVID and RSV, which will come back September, October, RSV should come out. Um I was I'm probably doing that order. Flu, COVID, RSV. Okay. That's probably the order they're going to get released sure. in the clinic. So flu is available now, then COVID once it's available, and then get 
RSV, which should be the last to hit the clinic or pharmacy um, supplies. And that way you are protected. Usually I would tell people to hold off on flu because our flu season didn't tend to hit until February. But mm -hmm. the past year or two, really since COVID, mm -hmm. our flu has been coming in a lot sooner in like December mm -hmm. and January is when we've been hitting our peaks. It used to be the second week of February. Every single year you could set your clock by it. And now that is no longer true. So... We used to say hold off so you get good coverage through that February because it's kind of late in the, the winter. Mm -hmm. But now with it moving up, I would say it's actually better to get it earlier in the fall rather than wigging. Because I would tell people, oh, you, you've got, it's fine. You can get it at the end of October, maybe sure. early November, yeah. and you should be covered. There's not much flu around yet, but now there is. Yeah. It's coming a lot earlier in the year post-COVID that we've seen predictably these last two two years mm -hmm. so seems like there is a lot going around already I mean not, I'm is. not necessarily saying flu but I just kids are back in school mm -hmm. and I am hearing about lots of different diagnoses I've yep. heard of some strep I've heard of um mm -hmm. there COVID, actually you know there's there have been around. there have been flu diagnoses at the clinic that I've heard of okay. so mm -hmm. we flu is already starting yeah I mean, it's gonna be a while till it peaks mm -hmm. uh but definitely yeah it's starting earlier than usual mm -hmm. so and i did hear that this flu mm -hmm. um shot this year they feels a pretty good match uh it feels like it's always kind of a gamble it's they're trying to match what's coming they seem to have some good hope for this one this year yes. and some good data for that's it. Good. So, so that's good. So the COVID booster shot mm -hmm. just kind of remind us. So they made some changes to mm -hmm. it. So as you said, that we're not doing the uh, bivalent no so, longer is available yep. because why are we switching it? We're switching it because the, the COVID virus itself has mutated. So we're trying to get a better match to what's going around currently just like flu has that kind of shift and change where last year's vaccine is not effective this year. Um, just as that virus has changed and mutated, we want to get a better um, booster that's going to work better for mm -hmm. the way it is. And thankfully, as COVID has evolved and mutated and changed to different strains, and we're not seeing people in the intensive care unit, we are not seeing people on ventilators, we're not seeing as many people hospitalized, which is great. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that is due to people, a lot of people have had exposure now to COVID. It's no longer a novel virus that no one's immune system has ever seen. We've had a lot of people that have had vaccines, so all of that helps. And then the virus itself has changed. Mm -hmm. So between those three things, it's gotten a lot better. Um, but definitely with the complications of long COVID, people that, you know, lose their sense of smell, their sense of taste, and the fatigue that seems to be the worst with long COVID, uh, you definitely want to prevent that. And vaccines are showing that that's lowering your risk of having that long COVID, mm -hmm. which is really the complication. You know, it used to be, let's get the vaccine so you're not in the hospital on the ventilator. Now it's, let's get the vaccine so you don't have long COVID and are exhausted for the next six months to a year. Mm -hmm. Right. So for those of us who have already had some of our COVID mm -hmm. shots and boosters, uh, this is just a one-time booster then, right? That's that my, to my knowledge, it's a one-time, yep. Okay. I mean, I've had five now COVID yeah. shots. Mm -hmm. So... Yep. And I have no problem or concerns or qualms about getting a sixth. Yeah. 
Like I said, I've been hearing a few people who've had COVID, so I am mm-hmm. anxious to get my booster. Knock on wood, <laughs> I, I have a yet chance to test positive. Oh wow, which mm-hmm. amazes me, mm-hmm. considering how many times I've gone in. And I guess it shows you how the PPE, you know, yeah, the masking, hand help. washing, all of mm-hmm. that works if you, you know, follow those guidelines and and the vaccines. Because mm-hmm. as you know, health care workers, we were the first to get vaccinated. You know, back in December of 2020. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's when I got my first COVID vaccine was December 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Sounds it's like crazy. a long time ago. It does. It does. A lot has happened since then, right? Yes, it has. Wow. Um, and then the final part of that question was about the RSV mm-hmm. shot. Dr. Evans talked to us a little bit about that a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But if someone missed that, tell us about this new RSV shot. Yep. So RSV is... Uh, it stands for respiratory syncytial virus, and that's a virus that we used to think was mainly just for kids. You mm-hmm. know, that would put little kids in the hospital with difficulties breathing. But again, the last two years, we have seen it putting adults in the hospital as well. So it's basically uh, a virus, so antibiotics don't help. And it causes difficulties with breathing, wheezing. It, it feels like a bad bronchitis, mm-hmm. basically. So. Uh, and actually, it causes a type of bronchitis from the that virus. So it's awful. It's hacking, cough, can't catch your breath, exhausted, feel awful. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, not much we can do to treat it since it's a virus. We don't have any really good antivirals to help. We more, give more what we call supportive care, so oxygen and fluids and monitor people mm-hmm. and okay. wait for it to get better okay so who is it recommended gets this rsv um i think basically elderly immunocompromised okay people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all right so we'll watch for more news mm-hmm. about when it's available it's coming it's but coming. we don't know what date yet so right. we'll, and, be and we'll probably late october ish is probably realistic to yeah see that coming out okay well stay tuned and we will talk more about it when we know more yes that'll be good all right it's time for us to go to our final break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group did you know that someone in the united states has a heart attack every 40 seconds a heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood you might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here today answering our medical questions. Thank you, Dr. Cruz, for all the great information you shared with us today. Uh, I have to just say this morning, this beautiful morning, uh, feeling a little bit like fall, I am thinking of Dr. Holm and I hear his voice telling me, go on a walk, go on a walk. So I hope (laughs) some of you are also hearing his voice saying, get out there and go on a walk because we have no excuse today. Mm. We should all be outside on a walk if we can get out even for a five-minute walk yes. right e- even on your lunch break if you can just walk around the building yep get a little fresh air mm-hmm. soak up some of that sunshine 
uh, keep keep us all moving, mm-hmm. staying healthy. Very good. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. We have a new live show this Thursday night. Join Prairie Doc host Dr. Jill Cruz and her guest, Dr. Tyler Jerez from Avera Medical Group Palliative Medicine, Sioux Falls, and Dr. Namdi Uhegu from Sanford Neurology Clinic as they discuss loss of signals to the cells, ALS, symptoms, causes, and treatments. So tune in this Thursday, September 14th at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed your Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.